AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito. And I'm here to introduce you to my new series, Parish. My character, Gray Parish, was a getaway driver. I'm retired from life. You know that. He's in a world over his head. Tell me about this driver job. And he's asked to start to figure things out. I did what you told me to. He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Hey, guys. What is going on? I've been watching the news recently. Have I, have I missed anything or no? Everything's totally, totally chill. Yeah? Cool. Thank God. Yeah, let's just, should we just start? Let's just not even get into it. Yeah. Do it. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. What's up, everybody? Hello, everybody. Dr. Simpsons, whatever. Really cool. Well, everyone's doing well or as well as you possibly can. Um, had high hopes for 2021. And guess what? Like right off the bat, a couple days in, at the 2021 said, <laughs> no, 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 we're not ready for that. Keep it together. Thank God for this podcast. Excited. So excited for today's episode. And I'll tell you, one of the things that keeps me happy, one of the things that have kept me sane going has been Netflix. And the fact that Netflix brought back Cobra Kai, bro. Thank you. I don't know if you guys have seen the show, but it is so good. If you weren't a fan of the Karate Kid growing up, uh, what? Had something for everybody. Ralph Macchio? Little teen heartthrob for all you ladies out there. Uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Shue? Yes, please. May have another. And now it's back, dude. Been revitalized. Threw some Botox into that mug. And it's rip-roaring, ready to go for 2020 or 2021. The show is amazing. Harking back to the nostalgia and that 80s and early 90s aesthetic that we all loved. Sweep the leg, Johnny! And then incorporating like YA stuff of today that like Gen Xers are just loving. It's on its third season. It doesn't seem like it's going to be slowing down anytime soon. And today on the Wells cast, we're going to have someone who stars in the show. NBD. I mean, yes, she stars in Cobra Kai, which everyone's watching. It's always like top one or two most streamed things on Netflix when I turn Netflix on. That's not the only thing she's doing. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on it. Dolly Parton's Heartstrings 
on it. Master of None, on it. WGN's Gone, on it. NBC's Deception, on it. And so much more. This is a woman who graduated from NYU with an art history degree, was pursuing her life in the world of art, and said, you know what? Not happy. Dropped it all. Started waiting tables, taking acting classes, busting her butt to make it happen. And look where she is now. She's on the Wells cast. This is a dream come true for most every actor ever. They say, you know what? God, I know I've made it when on the Wells cast. Very excited today to have the star of season three of Cobra Kai on Netflix. She plays Carmen, the mother of Miguel. On the Wells cast today, it's Vanessa Rubio. Trust me, guys. This is one show you guys are just not going to want to miss. I promise you. Sweep the leg, Shelly! Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds make mom's mother's day and all the 364 days that aren't mother's day with a bartesian cocktail maker at 50 dollars off visit b-a-r-t-e-s-i-a-n.com backslash mother now to get 50 dollars off the bartesian premium cocktail maker bartesian premium cocktails on demand this episode is brought to you by navy federal credit union at Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. All right, back in the Wells cast, I have Vanessa Rubio on the show. And I got to say, I'm very excited about this episode because I'm a child of the late 80s and early 90s. So like Karate Kid was like my jam, right? And then I see that Karate Kid comes back and I watch it on YouTube thinking like this is never going to be a thing. And now straight up, like it's a fucking thing. Season three is upon us on Netflix now. How crazy is this? It's amazing. And the rebirth on Netflix, it's just gained a whole new level of things. It's wonderful. I mean, I have to ask because when I saw it was on YouTube, I was like, I don't know if, if this is going to be like this iconic show that, that I think that everyone was hoping for. Were you guys, I don't know if this is going to work. Or was it when Netflix then came along and like picked it up? Were you like, all right, now this thing might have some legs. There's always that trepidation a little bit when there's a reboot 
You know, you're like, are you going to ruin the thing that I love or what? From my perspective as an actor, it was like coming into it and I was like, clean slate. I don't know what to expect. I'm not going to build it up. You know, so we filmed season one and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to pay attention and be true to my character, the circumstances. And then around when we filmed episode 10 of the tournament, the first season, I felt like, oh, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> there was just like the stunts and everybody, you know, everybody was in that room and there was just like an energy. And, um, and, and that was actually the first time that a lot of the cast was together. So the first time I even saw Ralph, previous to that, I was just working with Sholo and Billy. It was just like an energy. And I was like, oh, it's going to be amazing. And then, you know, you you rap and you you go home and you're just hoping that all the other elements come together. And they really did. I mean, they hit the tone really well. It's it's spot on. The show does such an amazing job of recreating 80s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if like, you know, it's 20, you're, you, you started filming the show in 2018. The beats have to be different, right? Like it's gotta be like a different way to act because you're doing like this very stylized 80s version. Was it hard to become an 80s actor? I don't know if that question makes sense, but that's, I've always wondered that when I watched the show because it's got a vibe to it. Right, it does. And I'm not even sure how they do it. Like, I think the producers, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, they must have like uh, an equation, yeah. right? Because it just comes together in that way. Like in that scene, the first scene where Johnny is fighting off the kids, who are assaulting Miguel. And then you have like homeless Lynn in the background with the pizza. Yeah. And I'm like, what is it about that? That is so 80s. It's so weird. But I agree with you. I think it's just kind of like that, like all the elements have to come together. So you're just like doing your part. And then, you know, whoever is directing or producing kind of sets the tone and makes sure it has that, that, uh, that flavor. But of course, like for, for me and my experience, I was just, you know, paying attention, doing, doing my thing for Carmen. And then of course, when they did the, um, the eighties hairband video recreation, I was just like, okay, here we go. Full on eighties, you know, bliss here. Before you started filming, did you go do research homework, go watch a bunch of John Hughes films or something to get ready to, to, to do this show? I did. I rewatched The Karate Kid a couple times. Yeah. I did. There's some je ne sais quoi quality about it. You know, I don't know whether it's John G. Avildsen, the director. I suspect it is. Um, you know, because he also directed Rocky. And you get kind of that same feeling, that same, like, rooting for the underdog. Very, like, scrappy kind of filmmaking that works so well. You know, it's still, it's not, it's elevated. So, um so yeah, I did do some research and I watched a lot of white snake videos <laughs> and poison. I'm on the wrong side of my thirties at this point, And I love watching the show because it takes me back to a place, you know, like a simpler time, I guess you could say. I think what's surprising to me is that obviously a lot of the younger generation, the Gen X, is gravitating towards this. Like, there's no way that this would be in its third season if it wasn't doing really well with the young demo. Are you surprised that this, like, young demo is gravitating towards this and, like, really, really loving it? I kind of am. I kind of am. I think it's just, like, they they wrote those characters really well. 
and those themes don't go away, right? Bullying and, you know, all the things that are happening in high school and are you going to be tough enough and are you going to be able to defend yourself? I mean, those things don't go away. And also maybe you have a generation of, of kids today who are well aware or I don't know, more aware than they would have been without YouTube and things like that of the generation that their parents grew up in. When I watch it, I think the producers and the writers have done a really good job because for me, as someone who grew up on Danny and Johnny's storyline, you know, there's a bit of a bit of cheesiness. Their whole shtick is cheesy, but it's got heart, but is funny. Like it's like got all those elements of the eighties stuff. And then I assume that like the Gen Xers who are watching the show are obviously gravitating towards your son's character. All the young kids, I feel like there's less of like the 80s cheese with them. For me, as the older person watching, I'm like, oh, yeah, I like I get I want to see what they're doing there. And then I watch like the young kids and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're just playing like a normal 2019 kid role. You know, I I guess that's that's how I perceive. Yeah, no, I I, I hear you there. It's like they're the normal one. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which I think that's how Gen Xers view adults anyways. True, true. We must be the weirdos to them. Yeah. Congratulations on on a third season. What can you tell us about season three? Because season two ends real bad for you and your son. Yeah, so bad. Uh, Whenever I read that script, I just like cried. Like we didn't even film it yet. And I was just like, um. Season three, I don't know if you've seen it or not. Everybody has different pacings on these things. Season three basically is dealing with all the aftermath of that. I mean, that fall was horrendous. The betrayals and everything that was broken there. So it's like, how do these characters mend? And how can they move forward? You know what I mean? Can they put their differences aside? Or do they move further into that resentment and do they just stay there? We'll see. It's obvious that naturally you'd gravitate towards loving the character arc and storyline of you and your son in the show but when you watch it back is there another subplot that like you really gravitate towards not as an actor but as a enjoyer of entertainment uh yeah totally um i mean the main one the the dynamic between johnny and daniel is amazing i mean it's just like it's so relatable you know they get underneath each other's skin in a way that's like you're just cracking up because you're like yeah you can't stand this person why can't they get out of your life you know so i love that one um and i also really love um miguel's storyline you know just his character development and the different ways that he's viewing the world now and and growing up I, i really think it's i think it's lovely just like talking about the two principal leads here with Johnny and Danny, getting to know them, what is their relationship like off camera? <laughs> um, you know, it's it's kind of funny. It's I mean, it's genuinely wonderful. They're both very well grounded people, super generous pros, just like pros, you know. It's yeah. it's good for me to learn from them. But they do definitely do poke fun at each other. Like, you know, there's always like a little bit of acting, like there's always a little bit of bleed through is what I call it, is like when that character is still kind of lingering around and then there's like a little jab or a joke that can be made. And uh, and they'll do that. But they but it's nice when they get along very well. I mean, have you talked to them about like whether or not they thought this would be successful? Because, you know, obviously it's a it's a thing that's happening now where they're they're kind of like re 
um, they're recreating old stuff, right? Like they're kind of it's, and 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 it's not successful most of the time. And when I saw that this was coming out, I was I was nervous because I was like, "Don't ruin my child." This was great. Like you don't need to fix it, you know. Um, right. I mean, like, was there trepidation with with both of them because that's very much part of their identity, you know. You, you can't look at Ralph Macchio and, and not think, well, that's the karate kit, you know? Like, was there trepidation for them going into this project? I mean, I don't really know. They would be the best source yeah. to do that, to, you know, answer that. But I, you know, I have seen interviews and things like that where, yeah, of course, they're they're protective over it and they have to be careful about, you know, where where that story and those iconic characters go. Um, but I think it's just been really lucky, like a good mix of everything. The producers who are huge fans of the, of the original movie series and they, because of that, they treat it with respect. They know, you know, they're not making a shtick out of it. And, um, I think that's really what it's about and evolving those things like past the 80s stereotypes, you know, and seeing like, okay, there's a lot of gray in here. This person's not bad or good. They're just in this place at this time. And where do they go from here, you know? My last question is about the show. Who's the best fighter out of everyone there? <laughs> My son! Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. No, I'll say, I'll say, um, I really don't know. But uh, I'll say Billy. Okay. I'll say Billy. I like yeah. that. <laughs> you've had kind of a big year. Like this isn't the only thing that you've done this year, which is very nice because most of us are just like sitting around waiting for stuff to do. Tell us about the other projects that you've got going on. You seem like you're quite the Netflix lady these days. <laughs> well, fortunately, it was done previous pandemic year. Actually, just at the top of 2020, I did do a couple episodes on the second season of Bonding, which is a Netflix show. And it was nice because we filmed it in New York and it was like pre-pandemic New York. We got it in just in time. And uh, it's a sweet show, you know, um, it has its, its quirky humor and is talking about, you know, a very delicate topic of, uh, of dominate, dominatrixes and how they work. Um, but my character is really fun and I love her a lot. Her name is Gina. And uh, she comes in and kind of, you know... <laughs> Uh, messes things up anyway um but prior to that i did also an episode on dolly parton series which was amazing i mean i never thought i would ever get to meet and be in the same room with dolly parton let alone be in one of her productions it was it was quite amazing i lived in nashville for 12 years doing radio um and so obviously i was very well versed in the the lore that is Dolly Parton and in uh, in Nashville and surrounding counties, there is Jesus and then there's Dolly Parton. So that's pretty cool that you got to work with her. Absolutely. <laughs> and we did the premiere in Dollywood. Mm -hmm. So I get you. I It was definitely that way. Deservedly so. You know, she's just amazing that that whole area, Dollywood and the whole area around it is just um Really kind of the, the proof of, of one person's beauty and bounty and love. Yeah. It's nice. The amount that that woman has given back to the community is unbelievable. So that's oh. 
awesome. Inspiring. I don't know if anyone told you, but I am really fascinated with origin stories. I like to find out how they got to where they are today and what the blueprint was for their success story. Less interested in about the person with the blue check mark. I'm more interested in the person that was working three jobs and whatnot and, and grinding to get to that point. So if you have a couple minutes, will you tell us where the hell you came from and how the hell you got here? <laughs> I love that, first of all. I'm in total agreement. It's, it's way more fascinating. All right, quick break. When we come back, we're going to find out a little bit more about Vanessa Rubio. Stick around. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. And we're back on the Wells cast. Very excited to have on the show today, Vanessa Rubio, who stars in season three of, oh yeah, Cobra Kai. It's back, baby. But I want to know, Vanessa, where you came from. Let's start at the beginning. Ugh, man, where the hell that came from? Uh, I grew up in a town called Lodi in New Jersey. Okay. Um, Northern Jersey, and it's, I tell people, because nobody knows what, they're like Lodi and whatever. But uh, it's where the misfits are from. So that kind of gives you an idea of the tone of the town. <laughs> where a lot of garage bands, you know. Um, it was a, a, and my family's Colombian, uh, some first generation Colombian American. Uh, the youngest of three, and just kind of, yeah, grew up and knew I always wanted to be an artist, draw, paint, sing, you know, it was all calling to me. And so I was very much drawn to New York, you know, and first time I went to New York, I was like, oh, this is it. This is where the people go who want to be crazy and free. And um, 
I started taking life drawing lessons there just to be in New York. And then I went to NYU and I actually didn't study acting as an undergrad. I was way too shy and way too bookish. Uh, so I studied art history and, you know, just loved it. I didn't really know what I was going to do with it, but I knew that I loved it. Uh, probably also like, uh, probably too scared to be an art major, you know what I mean? Cause you know, immigrant parents, they were like, you better do something with your, with yourself. So I couldn't really declare my artistry outright then. But once I graduated college and I started working in like galleries and museums and stuff, I was just like spinning my wheels and I was just like, I gotta do something, you know? And then I was just like, you know, F it. I'm just gonna act. I've always wanted to do that. And if I don't, I'll regret it. So I took a summer course and I feel like it like literally saved my life. You know, I was just like in my twenties and just not knowing what to do with myself. And when I did that, I was just like, this is it. This is, this is what I want to do. I didn't know how, you know, it was going to work out, but I was just like, everything about it I loved. So I was just searching and bopped around from studio to studio. Definitely had to bite the bullet and take waitress jobs, which was hard for me because I was had a day job and I had a degree, right? So I was like, oh no, I'm going to be this artist, starving artist thing. But it really taught me a lot. I, I was just like, you know, driven by the love of it. Yeah, I was just like driven by this feeling like, no, this is, this is what I'm meant to do. And as any actor will tell you, it's a love-hate relationship. You know, you try and you're in love with it and then you go out to audition and you're like, what is this? Which is what I experienced. I hated auditioning. And I, I left, I was just like, okay, so I'm not an actor. I hate auditioning. I'm not an actor. I'm going to take painting classes. I'm going to be a painter. And I did that for a while, maybe like a year and a half close to two years and I was like so lonely you know I, I missed the collaboration that is acting so I was like okay I'm gonna go back into it and as soon as I made that decision I feel like the universe really uh supported me in that you know I was was living in Providence Rhode Island taking classes at RISD painting classes and then I you know decided I was like no I'm gonna go back to New York and back to acting and as soon as I got back into New York, it was like, I, the messages couldn't be clearer. It was like, I landed a, an agent, I landed a commercial, I got my SAG card, like literally in like a month. So I was like, whoa, you know, so that was it. From there, I just kept on, you know, kept on waitressing, kept on going, kept on taking classes. Somehow ended up here, you know, the, the journey is quite amazing. I find it funny because... Your story isn't unique to our guests on this show, but I think it's unique to our listeners because they're like, wow, I can't believe that's how it works. And there's this misconception about success. And I found that a lot of people attribute success to the dollar amount that you have in your bank account. And for really successful people, generally success equates more to happiness. And you kind of touched on it like you weren't very happy not doing the thing that that you were loving, even though it wasn't bringing in a whole lot of money and you were having to burn it bright at both ends with waiting tables and also doing the art stuff. I think it's just a good lesson for everyone out there to remember. Generally, money follows all that success, but it's not an overnight thing. I wanted to go back, though, because you are of immigrant parents. First of all, you're the youngest of three, right? Yes. 
So were yeah. you like, I think birth order is interesting. Were you, because I'm the youngest as well, I'm the youngest of five. Were oh, you wow. the most boisterous and always performing? Because you're a little one, no one's ever paying attention to you. Like, was that your shtick in your family? A little bit of that. Definitely the comedic relief. Yeah. I love making people laugh. You know, it's just, there's no feeling like that. So, uh, yeah, I definitely went into that clown role willingly and happily, yeah. you know. Uh, and then, but I think I was also just a natural character creator and storyteller. Like, as a kid, I used to make characters and comics and then put it in a notebook and then, like, give it to my family and be like, look, look at the, the latest comic that I made. Uh, so any way that I could tell a story, I think it was just kind of natural in me to do so. And you got into NYU, which is a really, really good school. Did you get a scholarship there? I got a little scholarship, not a lot to help. Like, I mean, it, it covered something, but, uh, but yeah, it, I did. So you graduate with this art history degree. Are your parents like, she's going to be curator at the Smithsonian? Like, what were their ambitions for you with that degree? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> at that time, they were just like, just watch her. She's going to pop any minute. <laughs> Because I remember I, I graduated with a broadcast journalism degree. And I, I remember once hearing my father go, I don't know what he's going to do. Sell insurance, I guess. <laughs> it's like it's such a delicate, vulnerable time. You know, they're, you're like you're being so watched. Yeah, but they're pretending not to watch you. Very, very few people do the thing that they're qualified to do with their degree. I found at least. Yeah. But you're actually working in. Were you working in galleries and stuff? Yeah, I worked at a small Latin American gallery. I mean, a lot of those things don't pay at first, yeah. so it was like super hard. Um, and then I worked at the Guggenheim as, as a like kind of like, <laughs> this weird position that was like a slash docent slash security guard. Yeah. You'd just be like in the galleries all day and just talking to people, which is actually really good because it, it was, uh, they trained us on an inquiry-based conversation. So I feel like, you know, I have to talk to strangers all the time for like two, three years that I was there. So I have no problem talking to people like the weirder. I'm just like, and in New York, too. I'm like, OK, I got you. But yeah, it was a good job and it was a great place to work, too, because the building and everything it was just it fed my soul in, in a good way. I think at that time that I needed it, it's kind of like an incubator. Was it a tough conversation with your family of Hey, listen, I think I'm going to pursue this kind of like other avenue. Oh, totally. You know, uh, they did not want my parents is very loving and they did not want their daughter to be waitressing. No, we sent you to, to college. You shouldn't be waitressing. So I just had to really stick it out there, you know. And of course, you know, bear with the uh, in the beginning, like when are you going to get a real job, all those things and just but it was. You know, you have to learn how to surpass those things. So I really had to dig into self-improvement too, you know, read self-improvement books, you know, the power of my mind and guard my thoughts and maybe not tell everybody I'm an actress, you know, while I'm waitressing because then I'll hear all of their opinions about what an actor is. Meanwhile, I was really working hard to form my own opinions about that. So I feel like you got to be self-protective when you need to be, when you're pursuing your the thing that means a lot to you, know when and with who to share it. I waited tables when I was like trying to make it in radio. I learned a lot of lessons from the service mm. industry. And, and I think it's funny because a lot of entertainers that come on this show, 
weighted tables. I guess my question is, do you have a lesson that you learned from working in the service industry that for those people out there that haven't worked in it should know about? Oh my God, it's so hard. It's so hard. Please have compassion <laughs> for your waitresses. Sometimes it's so hard. <laughs> Sometimes it, I worked in this really, I mean, I can't claim that I was a good waitress. <laughs> I tried my best. Um, but I worked in this really trendy place, which is now closed in the city. And uh, it was just like so busy sometimes. And one of us inevitably in the waitstaff would be like caught in the zombie lights in front of the computer screen, just like, and then one of us would go and be like, hey man, you all right? What do you need? <laughs> It's so hard, but you know, you, you meet a lot of great people. Um, you learn how to, you know, resolve situations. I was really good at that. Really good at like turning a bad situation around. Um, so, you know, you live and you learn, but definitely be kind to your, your waiters. I think it's funny. Uh, I'm, I don't pretend to be an actor, but I will say that when I waited tables was I was doing some good acting because you could be having a real bad day, but you got to turn it on for every table. Right. Yeah. And I do remember once, you know, I went up to table 72 and it was, hey, guys, how's it going? Like, what can I get you? What can I start you with? And another table that was like my table that needed something was watching me waiting to get my attention, you know? And so I was doing like, all right guys, I'll be right back with your diet Coke and your coffee. And I'll be, you know, like have a great, don't worry about it. And then, and then all smiles. And then right when I turned on my heel, you know, my face went, oh, and just, you know, like, I don't want to do this. The other table that was watching me trying to get my attention was like, oh, we see it. You're full of shit. <laughs> You're like, I have to be. Yeah. They want espressos. They want three cappuccinos and espresso. Do you really need it? Just have a normal coffee, guys. You know how long it takes me? It's like seven minutes to thing. Yeah. Man, that's funny. You come back. You leave Providence. You come back. Round two. Things really, really move fast for you. Was there a moment where you were like, I made it? Oh, not then. It took about maybe two more years or, uh, yeah, two more years. That, at the end of 2014, I think, was when I really felt solid. I was just like, oh, I get it now. I can do this. Yeah. You know, all the, the riffraff and the mind settled. And I think I needed that time away. I think I needed to step away from the thing I wanted so badly because there was an, a thing of like when you want it so badly, you kind of almost get in your own way. You're in such a rush. And when I went to Providence and just chilled out, was like, I'm taking my foot off the, the gas pedal. I, I almost had to learn how to like de-accelerate, you know? Cause you know, it was a different town, different vibe and people were like slow, like slower conversations. And I was like, okay, it's, this is, this is what it is. So I learned to slow down. And I think in that sense, it helped me kind of just go into audition rooms and just be like, Hey, you know, like, what's up? Yeah. Do you want to work with me? Do I want to work with you? We're going to have fun. You know, like a little bit less uh, wanting it so badly and more allowing it to happen, which was, I mean, it's a much better ride, you know. You started feeling that vibe 2014. I guess my next question is when are you, is your family like, oh, whoa. 
Okay. Once they started seeing me on TV and commercials. <laughs> I, did a, I did a Crest commercial in like English and Spanish. And they were like, I'd go to Zumba with my mom. She'd be like, my daughter's the Crest girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It was that, then I was like, oh, okay. This, then once they saw I could provide for myself, they were on board for sure. Last question before we get into some fun stuff. One piece of advice that you've got for people coming up trying to do what you do. Stay present with yourself and be kind to yourself. Love it. Before I let you go, do you have time to do some rapid fire questions? Yeah, sure. All right. Rapid fire questions with Vanessa Rubio on the Wells cast. First one, what's your favorite pizza topping? You're a New Yorker, so you better have a good pizza topping answer. <laughs> Pepperoni. Yep. What's your favorite book? <laughs> oh, man. I really don't know. I have Autobiography of a Yogi. It's usually on my little altar. So it's one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. So maybe that one. Maybe that one. I mean, I'm sure there's other ones. I just can't think of it right now. Who was your first kiss? Oh, my God. I don't even remember his name. Oh. It, was, it was the product of being a, a young wing woman to my friend. <laughs> So we went, you know, I don't know, we lied to our parents or something. We went on this double date and she really wanted to see this guy. And he had a friend and me and him were just, you know, hanging out, talking. We're debating, actually. We're debating like heavy on religion. And then we just kissed. That's funny. <laughs> I hope that this poor guy doesn't hear this because one, he's going to be like, well, she doesn't even remember my name. And two, apparently I was the grenade she had to jump on for her friend. I thought sorry. the Crest girl loved me. Sorry, unnamed guy <laughs> in Jersey. What was the first concert you ever went to? Oh, my God. I think it was Projecto Uno. Oh. What was the first job you ever had? Wetzel's Pretzels at the mall. Nice. What was the first car you ever owned? I used to call it my Black Stallion. It was a... <laughs> It was a Corolla Sport, <laughs> little black Corolla Sport. <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve? I don't even know. See, my biggest pet peeve is I'm not even sure about the definition of pet peeve. Is it something that you do or that other people do? That other people do that annoy you. When somebody doesn't like dogs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust those people either. I don't trust them. Did you ever have a poster hanging in your bedroom wall? I used to share a room with my sister and I know she had new kids on the block on the wall. All right. What's a weird superstition that you have? Uh, doing things in threes. What's one thing on your bucket list? Oh, walking the Camino de Santiago in Spain. What's a physical trait that you notice first about someone you're attracted to? Their height. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, their height. This and a, their eyes. This is the most honest answer I've heard from that, I think. How would you describe your high school self? Oh, shy and introverted. Who was your childhood hero? Just because I, I liked animation, probably Walt Disney. I was just like, anybody who could draw. And make characters. Who's your celebrity crush? I, I like the guy from uh, from Outlander. <laughs> yeah, you um, and my mom and my fiance, actually. So you're in good company. <laughs> Last one. When you win an Oscar, who are you going to thank? Oh, I'll thank my parents. I'll thank my family. Thank God. And I'll thank uh, my acting teacher. His name is Alan Langdon. Turned my life around. Vanessa Rubio, thank you so much for being on the Wells cast. Where can people find you? I mostly use Instagram. Mm -hmm. Handle is very Venus. And uh, I'm occasionally on Twitter, but I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah. It's an angry, angry place. Yeah. Season three of Cobra Kai is uh, now available to stream on Netflix. Thank you so much for 
being a part of reviving a big part of my childhood. I really do appreciate it. It's been wonderful to get to know you and your story is great. And uh, I wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you so much, Wells. It was really nice talking to you too. See ya. Subscribe to Wells Cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm late. I'm late. Three very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.